0: We know all the big teams will be at the big money shows coming up, but how do drivers further down the order decide where to race? We'll dive into that today, plus an update on the ASCS streaming situation and Summer Nationals Week 2. Let's go. It's Tuesday, June 20th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. It's a big week in sprint car racing with the High Bank Nationals at HUSITS and the Super Dirt Cup at Skagit going down. Uh, we got big money on the line at both places. HUSITS will pay $250,000 to the winner on Saturday night. It'll be the most ever for a World of Outlaws race, and Skagit has $62,000 waiting for its winner on Saturday. And this is just the start of a big year at the top with the Eldora Million looming, you plus you got the Kings Royal, there's $185,000 to the winner at the Knoxville Nationals. Instead of talking about the top, though, I wanted to focus more today on the teams further down the order and the decisions they face each week about where to race. I talked yesterday about a smaller car count for the Outlaws at Beaver Dam, and I got a few responses as to why that was the case. Obviously, purse money was an issue uh, for those guys that were worried about maybe not making the field, and supposedly the fire bottle situation also kept some teams away. There's also some Twitter chatter today uh, about HUSITS versus Central Pennsylvania teams, and I had an interesting text message exchange yesterday with a sprint car driver about his upcoming weeks. And all of it got, to, uh, got me thinking about why we see certain car counts with various series and kind of the risks versus rewards for a lot of these teams. And I'm going to talk about this with sprint car racing at the center, but this idea is true of any dirt racing. If we're talking about sprint cars or lay models or modifieds, these are the decisions that teams have to make every single week across the sport. And how do they do that? What do they have to weigh, you know, their competitiveness versus what's possible for them to achieve at a lot of these tracks each week? And if we take CUSITS as the example, it's a really incredible week for the teams. Each prelim night pays $20,000 to win, $1,200 to start. The finale is $250,000 to win and $5,000 to start. And right now we're looking at a field in the high 50s or low 60s in terms of a car count. That means, though, that 30 or 35 guys won't make the features each night. And then the pay drops off significantly. Like if you miss the feature uh, towards the B's and the C's, it's it's a lot different in terms of the payout. Four straight C main exit at HUSITS only pays $750 total. So that's kind of like no matter what happens, that, that's what you'll make over the four nights, $750. Four straight B main exits would mean somewhere between $1,100 and $3,900, depending on where you finish. I think that shows pretty clearly that outside of a certain geographic and competitive window, it probably doesn't make sense for some teams to make this trip. And this isn't a shot at HUSITS or any other racetrack. It's just an illustration of what some of these other teams have to weigh. It would be great for a local or regional team to jump up and finish well in some of these races and earn some extra money, but against the Outlaws, it's just not that likely. We've had 30 Outlaw shows so far in 2023, and 28 drivers have at least a single top five finish in those shows. But 201 drivers have attempted an outlaw program. So that means just 14% have finished in the top five at least one time. And If you take it a bit further, 118 of the possible 150 top five finishes belong to just the top 10 drivers on that list. That's almost 80% of possible top fives to just 10 drivers. You know, there's a scattered chance that guys like Garrett, uh, Garrett Williamson or Austin McCarl or Devin Borden, you know, they pick up a top five, which we've seen this season. But it's few and far between. So when an event like this week or the Eldora Million doesn't draw a massive car count, that's why. It's incredibly difficult to run well, and if you don't, the return on investment is just pretty small. If you're a Midwest-based team that could be on the fringes, maybe at HUSITS, that 7000 to win IRA and MOA show on Saturday night at Fairbury might be a better bet. And there's no way you're getting the Ohio teams to tow that far with plenty of racing there this weekend or the Central PA teams to head out with PA Speed Week getting ready to start. This whole discussion brings me to two questions for you guys today. One. Do you care that much about car counts for the races you're going to or you know whether you're going to attend them or watch them on streaming? And also, is the winner's payout a draw for you? I feel like we see that as a marketing tool all over the place. But does it matter if a show is $10,000 to win, $20,000 to win, $100,000 to win? Are you more likely to watch if the payout is better? Let me know what your thoughts are. We're going to hear a lot about the big winners in the coming weeks and who uh, kind of gets the big money, but I wanted to use this opportunity to kind of spotlight the choices that the vast majority of der racers have to make when deciding uh, where to go when they head out and travel. Uh, looking specifically at the pre-entry list for Heusets, which is now kind of floating around the interwebs, uh, you're obviously going to get all of the full-time outlaw guys uh, this week and a lot of the Knoxville and Heusets regulars, guys like Brian Brown, Riley Goodnow, Justin Henderson, Lynn Jeffrey, Tim Kading, Kerry Madsen, Car- uh, Carson and Austin McCarl, and then you're going to get a lot of those kind of normal traveler guys. Rico, Ryan Tim's, Aaron Reitzel, Blake Hahn, Kyle Larson is going to be there. And supposedly Larson plans on racing Wednesday and Thursday. He's going to miss the Friday night show because of Cup stuff at Nashville. I believe they have practice on Friday night at Nashville. But then he'll be back for Saturday. Uh, the list Houston's posted, I think, has 58 cars. But Wikipedia's list, which is the one I'm showing here, has 53 some of the differences, we know that Anthony Macri isn't coming, uh, Ian Mattson is out of the 2KS, and there are a few others that won't be there. There might be an addition or two as well, though, as I've seen that maybe Tyler Courtney could show up. Uh, the High Bank Nationals get rolling tomorrow, and I will obviously talk more about that on the show tomorrow. Uh, before we move on, if you like what I do here, make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you watch or listen. Uh, it's free. It will always be free to do that. Well, that'll make sure you don't miss any future episodes of The Daily. The goal is to get to 25,000 YouTube subscribers by year's end. Right now, we are approaching 19,000. For the life of the channel, 66% of watch time has come from people who don't subscribe to the channel. So that means there are potentially well north of 100,000 people that watch episodes of the show but haven't hit that button. And if you want to go even a step further, feel free to tell a friend about the show and all the cool stuff we talk about every Monday through Friday. All right, moving on. Uh, one streaming note for you today, the ASCS National Tour has been shown lately on race and dirt since a strange departure from Flow Racing here a while back. Uh, Michael Rigsby had tweeted that the ASCS would return to Flow, but that doesn't appear likely now. The series announced yesterday that the remainder of the 2023 schedule for the 360 Sprint Car Series will be on race and dirt, and that the relationship will continue beyond that. Several other Terry Maddox-owned or co-owned series are already on Racing Dirt. Uh, you talk about like things like the OCRS and the URSS. Uh, and regardless of what happened with Flow, if the ASCS was going to move, this move here to Racing Dirt would seem to make the most sense. Racing Dirt is run by Trenton Berry and is currently also home to the USMTS and other local and regional racing. Uh, yet another example of the fluid and ever-changing nature of the streaming landscape and dirt racing. Uh, just a side note here, uh, the Race and Dirt schedule is part of the daily streaming schedule over at dirttracker.com, so you can always see what's playing over there uh, on that streaming schedule. Uh, if you want some racing today, you do have some options out there. Week two of the Summer Nationals gets going at Moberly Motorsports Park in Missouri tonight. Both the late models and modifieds will be in action. Things in the points will reset, uh, like we have talked about. These are weekly championships now for Summer Nationals, not a full-season champion uh, championship. Love summer nationals week one championship went to brian shirley so now today things completely reset another ten thousand dollars on the line some names to expect according to dirt on dirt include jason fager ashton winger billy moyer shannon babb drake Trauman, and several more a lot of these guys that have been running bobby pierce brian shirley they're going to flip over now and focus on their Ward of outlaws racing this week uh the rest of week two with the summer nationals includes davenport spoon river brownstown peeveley and lincoln Uh, Tonight's racing can be watched live on Dirt Vision if you are not nearby. Uh, Skagit was supposed to have a tune-up night tonight for the 410 guys in advance of Dirt Cup, but as of a little bit ago, that show is canceled because of weather. Uh, The main events uh, this week start at uh, uh, Skagit on Thursday. And if you want to check out what else is there to watch today, you can head over to dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. There is other local and regional stuff happening across some of the other streaming services, so go check that out. Hope you guys have a good Tuesday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.